0: Hi Beck, how are you?
1: I'm great, Aunt. How are you? Good thanks. That's good. It's
0: been a while.
1: It has been a while.
0: Last time we chatted you were in Portland, Oregon.
1: I was in Portland, Oregon. But yeah. I've been back for two year, two and a half years now, I think. Wow. Yeah. Do you, miss, do you miss it? Um for the first maybe eight months I was I was just in hardcore grief mode, <laughs> and I just I want to be back and um, want to be as far away from Australia as possible. And and yeah, now that I've just found my groove and uh, you know found found my place he- back in Australia, I I don't miss it at all. I've just got really great memories of, of Portland now and I had a, a wonderful experience. But yeah, I'm actually okay with not being in Portland now or in yeah. the US.
0: Well, it takes a while, doesn't it, for it really anywhere does. new to feel like home?
1: Yeah, I know, and isn't it funny that like I actually feel like I settled into my life in Portland quicker than what it was for me to settle in, to settle back here in Australia when I got back. Okay. Yeah, so that was, that was an odd thing that I was trying to process as well. I'm like, I'm back in my home country around people that I've known my whole life or, or in a place that I've known my whole life and now I, and I just and I don't feel settled. But once I moved away from Brisbane, I went to the Gold Coast and now I'm here in the Byron Shire in Mullumbimby and I'm just totally loving my life.
0: You were saying that you have been living in a tiny house
1: i i have been uh, for almost a year i've literally just moved out
0: what's that like
1: <laughs> tiny
0: <laughs> like the, um, the concept of it is amazing but what's the practicalities is it
1: kind yeah, of like living in a
0: caravan or worse
1: it, yeah pretty much it, um for one person it's great but um you know my partner sort of recently. Oh, end of last year moved out of his place and was struggling to find um you know like we were looking for a, for a place here in the Baronshire which was was almost impossible and now it very much is impossible um and then and, and so yeah having two people in there was just it was too much was, mm. you know like uh, even even just with me being there I had to be like buy anything else. I had I literally had a place for everything. So you can't get you can't get anything else, you know, it's what you have in there, it has a home and that's it. You know, so that's
0: the beauty of a small space, you can't buy anything. (laughs)
1: No, you cannot. (laughs) Which Which is is a a bit of a problem, I love I love books. Oh. I love books. So that's that's was a bit of an issue.
0: (laughs) Well I found moving into a caravan the best thing was a Kindle.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, because
0: you didn't need to have books and bookshelves and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I know. I I do get that. I just started a bookshelf at, at work, but you know, yeah, I, I get I get pleasure out of turning pages and also like yeah, when lots you of people finish, say that. Yeah, when you finish a book, you can close it up and you like. And I I you know I buy you know educational books and things like that. So things I go back and refer back to, not just a a novel that you read once and you know it sits on the shelf. Hmm. Um you know, so yep. yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're practical in a way, but not practical when you're in a tiny house.
0: <laughs> and so, you're obviously, as you said, you're in the By- Byron Shire, and mm-hmm. um, it hasn't been the best of times the last couple of weeks. And your little tiny house started leaking.
1: Yep, uh, it got so it thankfully survived the floods, but it did get um, a lot of water damage just with the amount of water coming down. It just – the gutters weren't enough for it. And, um, yeah, it just came in. came through, like, the, the top cabinets and through an electrical socket in, in three corners. And, yeah, so it, it took me a few days to be able to really get back to um, my tiny house because I was kind of living in the forest, so, you know – there was flooding that was sort of getting in the way, and so by the time I actually got back to it, given that it had been closed up with all this water inside, it just everything inside turned to mold. Ah, okay,
0: because um, it's hum- so, humid.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised the little thing didn't float away like a boat.
1: Oh, uh, I was high and dry. Honestly, my I, I was surprised too. Like I didn't I didn't really know how it was for a couple of days, um. But uh, yeah, high and dry. It just um. Yeah, just the the water found a way and just from the roof. Uh, we had it was just an enormous amount of rain. I've, like for what what
0: can you describe it? Um, for how long was it raining?
1: <laughs> we probably had about five days of nonstop rain. Mm. Um, so heavy that you know it was literally just grey outside. Like you looked outside, and you really couldn't see. You know, trees that were, you, you know, I don't know, ten or fifteen meters away. Um, it was so loud that I think by, gosh, so we, my partner and I were actually house sitting up at Main Arm, um, which was a very hard-hit community, um, and because we were house sitting, we really didn't have much there but we'd sort of just taken some work things and i'd taken a book and i sat down i think it was on the sunday because i was starting to get a little like like oh just uncomfortable like i could you know very unsettled in my body and i tried to sit down and read a book and i just kept reading the same line over and over again because just wasn't going in i just i couldn't concentrate on reading my partner we had to sit directly next to each other in order to have a conversation to be able to speak because it was so loud um and it was
0: relentless for five days it
1: was relentless relentless and yeah and and you know it's pretty much continued raining like we've had a few sunny days or you know sort of part sunny days and then it will start raining again i think it was maybe Three or four days ago, we had rain starting coming down like that again. Like just one night, like a a thunderstorm came over and the rain was super heavy again. And my partner and I just we we started to, you know, get really nervous and anxious again. Like we could feel it in our bodies of like, oh no, this is not good. Like, you know, we we couldn't concentrate and we're fidgeting and, um, we're like, oh my gosh, we have we have trauma just from the sound of rain at this point.
0: So you'd never experienced anything like it.
1: Never, Mm. never experienced anything like it. No, it, yeah, it's, it's been a big couple of weeks, really has, Mm. Um, you know, so like I said, like we were, we were house-sitting at the, you know, big, beautiful mansion at the top of Main Arm, like on the top of a a hill in Main Arm, Um, it had beautiful ocean views, not that we could see the ocean views, because like I said, you couldn't see anything, Um, and yeah, we were we were there. And I think, yeah, by the Sunday and the Monday, we had no communication with anyone. occasionally, if you had your, if you had your phone in the right spot, you might get a message through, but then you couldn't respond to a message. You'd have like maybe five or six messages come through at once and then you couldn't actually respond to anybody. Um, and so there was like brief periods of time where you know you were, getting a message through from someone saying, Hey, I'm okay. Or, Hey, your office has just gone under or, Oh, Oh love your, your car. It's gone. (laughs) You know, I was getting those kinds of messages and I was like, Oh God, like, you know, it, it was so anxiety inducing not being able to do anything. And and we were completely um, surrounded by water. Like we couldn't get out. We were completely flooded in. And um, we had this pool at this um, house that we were at and, you know, by – certainly by the Monday, you know, I was watching it over a couple of days and being like, the deck is sinking. I'm really – I'm noticing the deck is starting to sink. And whilst I didn't know the house particularly well, like I was just totally new to the house, I was like, I'm sure that I'm watching the deck sink. And the pool was filling up more and more. And by, I think, like the either the Monday or the Tuesday, I was like, Pete, you've got to go – like (sighs) – this is unsafe. Like, I'm really starting to, like, stress. Like, you couldn't even walk on the balcony without, like, feeling like it was going to, like, just drop on you. And so he walked underneath to where the pool was, and you could actually see, like, the um, the footings. were. All- it was all just mud. It had broken... Um, pavers all over the place like it had actually the, the earth had split um and you could actually see that the deck was starting to pull away from the house and so we were just like oh my gosh we have to empty the pool otherwise the pool is just going to rip the side of the, the mountain away and it's just going to go down it's going to pull the deck with it and so we started freaking out about that and just being like this place is not safe for us to be in like we need to get out of here um and
0: but, we you, were actually but you couldn't
1: have, sorry but we couldn't we could like yeah the causeway um there's, there was like one road into where we were called cooper's lane and it was completely under there was a causeway that we we'd checked a couple of times and uh like so yeah i think it was the morning of 5 a.m on tuesday morning we were like, right, we cannot stay in this house anymore. It's seriously unsafe. And so we, were, we checked the tides and um, 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning was when it was low tide. And so we went down to the causeway. Like, every, we just piled everything in the car and we're like, right, we're out. We're, like, we're not staying here. Like, we are going to find a way out. And Pete, we stopped off at the causeway. I mean, like, even just to get down to the causeway, it was um, – there were – trees all over the road, like, fully fully covering the road. There was the road, like, roads that had been completely taken out Um and were just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah there was just no road left and we kind of had to, like, scooch around them and kind of breathe in and hope that the Hilux was going to be okay and driving over, like, we couldn't move. Some, some of the trees we could move, but some of them were, like, huge trees that we just had to, like... Kind of drive over and hope that we didn't get stuck on, and um, and then we got to the causeway, and Pete walked in and he was like, "Oh, look, it's it's kind of deep, but you know, I think that we can make it." And as soon has he had
0: any experience in river crossings?
1: Um, yeah, I would say he has. Yeah. because we we're in an area, especially in Main Arm, like. Um, these areas go under, like well, certainly this particular causeway and another bridge a little bit further down, um, or, or like when we have heavy rain in, in the in the rainy season, they always go under. So. Yeah. I would say most people around here like if you've got a you know a hylux or or you know a big rig type thing like yeah that people have experience driving through them and, um, and a healthy so,
0: respect for the fact that if it's flowing a bit too fast it could be probably uh,
1: yeah absolutely and so he walked through it and he was like i think we can but because you couldn't it was 5am in the morning it was completely pitch pitch dark you know um and as soon as he was like look if it was just me I'd give it a go, but I've got you in the car here now too. It has to be a joint decision. And so I was like, right, like, you know, I'm, I'm getting all these messages from from people who, you know, as I said, like, you know, just randomly these messages would come through, but I couldn't then respond. Um, You know, so I'd get messages saying, hey, we have evacuated, like when everyone's in town has evacuated and your car's gone under and the office has gone under. And I was like, oh, my God, like, we – like, I'm useless up at this place that feels like it's about to fall fall apart or fall, go down the hill anyway, you know. So I was like, we've got to get into town. Like, I've got to just salvage what I can from the office because, like I said, like my partner had been trying to, been trying to find a place to move in together for a couple of months. Um, and so in the meantime, we'd been storing all of his stuff in the office as well as some of mine. And so I was like, we just need to go in and salvage what we can. And so, you know, he's like, I'm like, right, let's do it. Let's, let's make the crossing. And literally as soon as like we got, we hit the water, it just like 45 degrees straight in because the concrete had on my side, on my side of the car had completely gone because there were three big, um, uh, concrete pipes underneath this causeway, where generally the water would, you know, generally be going through. Two of the, we we didn't know this at the time. We couldn't really see it, but um, when we went back a little bit later on, two of the three pipes had completely moved. Had had completely washed away from from it. Mm. Um, and the third one had moved, and so that was kind of where, um where that one had moved and it had moved sort of on the side of the passenger side which is not necessarily where he'd walked through and the concrete just dropped there and so there was these like minute uh, it probably wouldn't even be more than a minute where we were just like oh shit like oh god we're gonna get washed down this river and you know never be seen of again but then MP's like no 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 we're gonna get out it's gonna be fine like even if you know, we can still get out of the car, you know? And um, but I was like freaking out. <laughs> um and yeah, so he managed to to get us out and we just like, you know, he reversed backwards and oh it was a it was dicey. It felt so, so scary, given how we'd already like my nervous system was already through mm. the roof, had been for several days. Um and so yeah, we got out and then we we just looked at it and he was like, What do you want to do? And I'm like we can't go back to the house. It, it feels too dangerous to be up there. And literally, I think, I think on the on the Monday, we went for a walk down to where he used to live in Main Arm. So you know, we could actually sort of walk there. And we checked out the house that he was in. He knew the owners there, and their like their place had had a river through it. And his mm-hmm. neighbour had actually lost their house to a landslide. So we'd already seen that. And yeah. so I was aware that houses were being washed away in, 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 in landslides, mudslides, or in, in, literally in our area, like, you know, not even very far from where we were. Um, there was an entire bridge just like about 20 metres up from his old house. Um, an entire concrete bridge had been washed away and was heading pretty much towards the house that had been caught on big boulders, um, and it was this huge concrete bridge. I could not, I could not believe it with my own eyes. Like I was just like, what am I looking at here? And then there was this like woman standing on the other side, being like. We don't know how we're getting out. We were like, okay, well, we can't contact anyone for you because we can't get in contact with anybody. So we kind of knew the seriousness of it. And um, so, yeah, we just, like, stood back in the car. And he's like, what do we do? And I was like, let's just wait out here until, you know, until the light comes and we can sort of see it a little bit better. And he was like, look, I really think we just need to go somewhere dry right now. Like, we'll go back to the house. And so I sat, like, yeah, we went back to the house and i you know had barely slept the night before actually i think the night before was the first time it had actually stopped raining and i think i and i, I was waking up almost every hour on the hour just to make sure that it wasn't still that it hadn't started raining again because i was like this is my this is my ticket out it stopped raining so it's going to start going down and so i'd barely slept the night before so as soon as we went back to the house we We're like okay this part of the house we're not stepping foot in like the kitchen the dining area which went out to the to the balcony where the deck was and and the pool we're like this is off limits we're not going there i just fell asleep i just passed out for two hours and then we we got back up again and he was actually running out of fuel so we had to go to one of his neighbors place and um see if we could siphon some fuel out of their car so that we could actually even get to town eventually when we could get through and um
0: all the things you take for granted
1: Totally. Absolutely. And and also the other thing that I was like starting to worry about was because we were house sitting we'd and, and the woman who we were housing, she'd literally just moved in two weeks before. So, you know, it, it really wasn't a lived in house. There was no food in the house. It was literally just what we had brought. And we were starting to then run low on, on food. Um, we had no running water. We had no power. Um, so we were like, yeah, it's actually starting to get a little bit desperate now. Like, you know, we don't, we didn't really know how long we were going to be there for, but we were like, we need to get out. And um, so we went back then maybe around 10, 10 o'clock in the morning and a lot of the locals were down at this causeway, like looking at it and being like, well, how do we fix this? Because, you know, if we don't fix this, none of us can get out. And so we came, we decided to come back um, as a community group bring you know you know they brought their tractors and whatever else we decided to meet at 12 o'clock with tractors and tools and things like that to sort of fix this causeway and you know uh, we were down there um and watching them like with the tractor and trying to like put this you know big chain around trees and pull it out and things like that I was like we are going to be here forever like and we're not we're not going to get this fixed meanwhile there were helicopters going over all the time and one of them actually landed in the in the paddocks fairly close to us, but they didn't even come over. They just, like, landed. Um, I think they spoke to someone. Someone ran over to them and was just, like, I think they were just checking to see if we were rescuing any, anybody. And we're like, no, no, we're just fixing the causeway so that we can all get out. Um, and then they just, like, took back off again. And I was like, Pete, hey, nah, screw this. We're walking. We're walking across the causeway. We're going to walk into town. And he was like all right, let's do that, you know. So we, yeah, we just crossed the crossing, like, walked across. It was a little little dicey, but there were plenty of people, like, in the causeway, like, as I said, like, sort of with their tools and tractors and things like that trying to fix it. And we just let them know, we're like, we'll be back, guys. Like, you know, we're going to get some reception. We're going to figure out what's going on in town and we'll get back to you. And as, as soon as we crossed, like, that, that, everyone was like, don't worry. You guys, you guys will be able to hitch your way in. You won't have to walk the whole way. As soon as we crossed the causeway, there was this young couple who pulled up in their car and they were like, Do you know this person? We haven't been out of here from them the days they're our parents and we haven't heard from them. And we're like, Right. Well, we don't know who they are, but our car's parked on the other side. Um, do you want to swap cars? Okay. <laughs> we'll take your car to town. You guys can take ours and, and and go up to your parents' place and just, you know, we're in a Hilux, so you guys will be fine getting, you know, as, as, much, as far as you can. And they were like, we have no fuel. We just stopped off at the co-op and they're only taking cash. So we couldn't even fill up. We've got no fuel in our car. And we're like, don't even worry about it. It'll be our first stop. We will fill your car up. And so, yeah, we just random strangers just (laughs) exchanged (laughs) keys and we just like, we will like, we'll meet back in an hour. And, um, so yeah, we just went straight to town everywhere was cash only. Um, and so yeah, we filled the car up and, you know, looked at my car. My car was like just mud all the way through it. It was just disgusting. Um, our office was exactly the same and, yeah, so we just like grabbed whatever we could salvage, like the most important things, and then we went straight back to to our meeting place. <laughs> and as soon as we pulled up, they were walking across the causeway, and um, it was like just this divine timing, like you know. It was just it was the first point where I really well early in that morning when I saw everyone coming together in the little community there, like to fix the causeway, you know, you you saw that community spirit, but the fact that then we're exchanging cars with complete random strangers, um, you know, that was like community spirit starting to come out and I'm like, oh my God, like we're all in this together. And um, yeah, so then we, we still couldn't cross the causeway, so we decided then just to walk to my place. My place was within walking distance, my little tiny house. And so we went to go check on that and um, then as we were, we were walking back to get to the car, this was a couple of hours later after we'd finally got into my place and saw the water damage and was like, oh, great, there's, like, nothing we can really do here. We had to walk across a couple more, um, like, flooded bridges and roads that had, you know, um, water tanks in the middle of the road or in in the middle of bridges and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, my God, like this is like just the most insane thing I've ever seen. Um, Driveways had been completely washed away. And so we trekked our way there and so we were back to the main road walking, you know, getting back to the car. And this couple who would run into, who would exchange cars with, like four hours before that. (laughs) come driving past us and they turn back around. They're like, hey guys, what are you doing? Like, do you need a ride somewhere? We're like, yeah, back to the car. So they pick us up again and take us back there. We're like, hey, you guys are heroes today. Like just like coming through whenever we need it. And um, by that stage we got back and the causeway, these locals had managed to fix the causeway, at least make the water go underneath you know, through the pipes where they're meant to, it we were like, oh, my God, we cannot believe that this has happened, you know, just with, you know, six to eight guys with, you know, two tractors have managed to make this causeway work, you know. It was just insane. So we could actually get to the car and we were just like, we're not going back to the house. Like, there's no way. Like, we need we need to get somewhere high and dry and, um, you know, sort of start, you know, I guess – organizing things and also checking on, on our friends and, and, and loved ones. And, you know, even when we were in town, there was no reception. Like we still couldn't communicate with anybody. And the thing I, I I'm so, I honestly cannot believe that this even happened like literally two weeks before the floods, Pete had booked an Airbnb up at Kurabel because we were needing a bigger space and we were like, maybe we're just going to have to Airbnb it for a while and, you know, sort of just get through. And um, so two weeks before, he'd booked this this Airbnb and we were a couple of days late because obviously we were like <laughs> stuck in a house in Main Arm. And so we just called them and we were like, well, We were trying to text them anyway. And they weren't getting our texts or our calls, but they eventually were going through and we're like, we're on our way. And they're like, oh my God, our parents are staying here because they can't go back to Sydney. And so we're like, we need a place to stay. And they're like, it's okay. Like, this is your place. So they managed to like move it, move their parents out and clean it. And we were just like, so grateful. We hadn't showered in several days. We were covered head to toe in mud. Um, You know, it was so great to actually have a place Oh, like a warm dry place to come to as well as having a working shower and it was from there that we had communication so that's when all the calls and texts were coming through and we could actually respond to people and um we had multiple friends who lost their entire house like literally everything in the house was was destroyed they literally had to close on their backs when they evacuated um we had actually gone to gone to check one of our friends houses and just before we, we came up to the Airbnb, and we walked in and could not believe our eyes what we had seen. Like there were king and queen size beds that had been picked up in the water and thrown, like made holes through walls because they had just been like moved all over the room. Um, the fridge was, you know, had completely come out of its out of its spot and was on the ground, you know, on its side washing machine had been had gone down the other end of the house somehow they ended up a wheelie bin inside and we were like how the heck did that happen and we filmed it and we off to our friends and they were like oh my god like and they had managed to escape to the to surface to the to the gold coast um a couple of nights before that but literally just with what they had on their back and so they just lost everything it was absolutely heartbreaking to see on that Tuesday, when we finally managed to get out and going into town to see what what people were dealing with, it was.
0: I'm sure everyone's seen um, some of the footage of all the uh, personal belongings and household belongings rubbish oh. along the side of the streets, but nobody, T- nobody that's TV not there, yeah. nobody not there in the where you are could could ever fathom the horror movie that you've been watching.
1: No, no. No, no, you absolutely couldn't. Um, and like I said, yeah, the 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 news doesn't give it justice as to the devastation, the absolute catastrophic devastation that had hit this town. I, I, it was heartbreaking. I am, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still very. I, the whole town is obviously still trying to come to terms with it. But literally on that Tuesday, when we, when we managed to get out, like. Already the community centre was up and running and it was a hive of, you know, just stuff going on and people were just doing things and, you know, just helping out, feeding people, clothing people, housing people the best that they could, you know, like it was, I could not believe the amount of activity that was going on in, in the community centre already on, on the, like literally the very first Vir- day.
0: Virtually people- straight away, people have jumped to action.
1: Straight away, straight away. I could not believe it. And um, so, yeah, then the Wednesday, um, we just went sh- straight back into town again and we're cleaning our offices. We'd had um, a group of uh, my partner's clients from Byron because Byron actually, um, the actual town of Byron wasn't affected. Like obviously they had the huge amounts of rain, but they didn't flood at all. And um, so, yeah, we had a group of maybe six of his clients um, just turn up at, at the office and like with, with all the cleaning equipment that you could think of, and just we just started cleaning, like just throwing stuff away, you know, getting rid of the mud, um, girding it, the floors, just like, I, like it, it's so crazy, just how you just you just throw like nothing is salvageable. It's just all has to go. It's just coated in mud and water and you're just like there's nothing that that you can do about it here and um you know we also live in an area with loads of humidity and on that Wednesday I think was uh on the Tuesday afternoon we actually had the sun come out so and then and the Wednesday was scorching hot just the humidity was disgusting and we were just like everything's going to turn to mold like everything but the whole complex for our offices, which is also in an area where um, some residential places where, uh, like, houses are, and already the streets were just piled full of people's complete household contents were just out on the street, ready to be thrown away. And, again, already on that Wednesday there were trucks coming through, um, picking up the rubbish, taking it away complete strangers coming in and helping you clean people bringing food around and feeding everybody. I was like, what? Like, again, like my heart just swelled, but I was also being like heartbroken all at the same time. Like all the emotions, like even, yeah, just the the amount of emotion that was going through you. It was, it was, it was too much, you know, you were so grateful for the, for the help and it was so amazing. And, you know, we were so, so grateful whilst also being completely devastated by our town's loss mm.
0: um,
1: and, and what we were seeing and experiencing. It was um, – I I, 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 st- I still am struggling to put words to it, you mm. know, and um,
0: – You were talking about but- earlier about uh, communications and you know, people born after, or after the mid-90s have no idea what it's like <sighs> to be without a mobile phone.
1: No yeah no so idea what,
0: how did that <laughs> feel that you just oh, couldn't contact anyone like you normally would
1: no it was it was frustrating and mm. i was also aware at like you know i was frustrated at myself for getting frustrated because i've you know i've become so reliant uh, reliant upon mm. it you mm. know and so i was like this is like yeah i was Frustrated that I felt that way, that you know, I ha- I'm, I guess I'm so addicted to being in communication with people, just that you know, mm-hmm. within seconds. Um, whilst also being frustrated because you, it was very difficult to organise anything, very difficult to check in with anyone, like people who we hadn't um, seen or heard from. Um, we obviously could understand that you know, whilst you know, everyone who had a, a, a house or an office in town was you know, just trying to look up, you know, trying to clean up their own stuff. But then, as I said, like, then you've got the community centre of just a hive of activity of people just coming to go and donate and volunteer and, and you know, and, and also organise rescues um, from Main Arm and Wilson's Creek, which were, had, you know, like I said, had been completely cut off from, from Mullum. And um, they were organising helicopters and, you know, people, you know, walking up you know, in these pretty treacherous areas with, you know, food and medicine and, you know, uh, chainsaws and fuel and all these things to, you know, try and help people. And um, that was all community organised. Yeah,
0: well, while at one minute you're completely disconnected and yet you're making the most amazing human connection.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So uh, totally. And, I, I, and I'm still in in shock how they even managed to um rescue so many people and go to so many you know the, to assist so many people without these communications so it really like you know, be, being able to communicate with them so it really has it's been a big lesson for me like like oh we you know what even if the the communication lines go down you know what with, you know, we, we will work together as a community to ensure mm. that people are looked after and, and that we're taking care of those that, that really need it, you know. So it was a big eye-opener. What, what um, amazes
0: me in that instance is, you know, we've seen recently where uh, families have excluded each other because of a certain belief yeah. and they won't have them for dinner or to a wedding yeah. and yet in that community it was – care factor i don't care what you believe in i'm gonna i'm here to help
1: totally and and we had many like you honestly yes certainly you know even just in the last two weeks i've met so many more people than what i knew beforehand and you know i've I've even met my office neighbors and things like that yeah yeah how funny is
0: that the people that you could have could have been friends with or known for years and Mm. this um this amazing event while it's tragic has. Yeah, you know, brought about this
1: absolutely and we were all like we were, we, were, we were all acknowledge we we're like oh you know I guess there's no more COVID in this area like everyone's mm. hugging and crying and oh, you know really going out to help anybody you know it doesn't matter what their status is or you know uh, I did
0: see a um a clip with a SES person saying if you're not vaccinated you can't work with us as a volunteer
1: yeah yeah, I that's mean, and, and again, the community. Yeah, absolutely, the comu- That's why. That's why the community centre just became a hive of activity. Everyone went there. You know, I, I, I know people in town who were prior to all these mandates were um, volunteer firefighters, and had been told that unless they got the vaccine, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't be allowed that. And next thing I know, they're heading up. The community center rescue recovery team, you know, because they've got they've got this experience and like, well, the you know the SES and the fireies they they're not taking us because we're not vaccinated, so we're just going to get this done anyway. What a disgrace!
0: Oh, it makes me mad.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is. Like you know, um, I didn't see police, SES, or obviously military or any assistance for. Uh, probably eight or nine days Wow! and really the first thing I actually saw was the military come in Mm. I still hadn't seen police or SES um and I am you know also very much aware that you know the whole area around us like Lismore obviously went under Mowillen went under you know like you know there were some big communities around us that had also gone under as well as other small ones around us um but yeah everyone like every conversation you had you were like well, where's our help? Where's the SES? Where's the police? Where's the military? Like, what, we'll just do it ourselves? Yeah, 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 we'll do it ourselves. COVID doesn't exist anymore. Like, we're not asking each other, you know, if you're vaccinated or not. We're just getting it done. And, um, you know, I, I, the community um, was also, paying for fuel to get – for the helicopters to get up and keep rescuing people off their off their roofs in Main Arm and Wilson's Creek, you know. Um, it was – everything about it was this community-driven and and it just – oh, my gosh. I, 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 I'm still coming to terms with it all, just how well the community pulled together and while we were all experiencing this trauma all at the same time, like, we just managed to – to get it done, you know, mm. and to, to look out for each other. And, um, and we actually didn't need any government help, you know, We, we so much got done in those eight and eight or nine days before the military even came in that it was kind of like, you know, I, I, and uh, well, you know, I'm, I don't have anything negative to say about the military, certainly the ones, you know, the, the men and women on the ground who, you know, um, who, who who come in to actually do the work, you know, I have nothing negative to say about them. I'm incredibly grateful for the fact they even eventually, you know, did come, you know, but I did hear, you know, people yelling out at them being like, oh, about time, like taking your time. Why is it taking you so long? Get out of here. We don't need you. We're taking care of ourselves. But, you know, it, it's misplaced frustration, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, You know, it's the, the bureaucrats and the red tape and, you know, the hierarchy of the military and obviously also uh, it's a political agenda here as well. Unfortunately, like, that's another thing that's, it, it's been very difficult for me to wrap my head around how they've made this a political agenda um, when it's like, well, like, we've, we've, it, it, we've just had extreme devastation here and politicians are turning this into a political agenda. Like, just like, what? You know, so it's it's difficult. There's what, a lot of. In everybody... what
0: way are they doing that?
1: Um. Well. Um. So a few days ago, we had uh, Scott Morrison went to Lismore, and he did this press conference afterwards, saying that um, certain areas were getting extra, and by extra I mean three times the amount of. Um, Uh, government assistance as to what the Byron area was. And it actually turns out that the area that he gave the extra assistance to um, is a national seat, whereas the Hmm. area that didn't get it is a Labor seat. So it very much is a political, you know, uh, decision made there. So Mwoolumba, the Tweed area, um, Mullumbimby, Wilson's Creek, Main Arm, and Ballina, and I think even possibly a part of Lismore, but I'm I'm not 100% sure on that, but they're all in one region and we were the region that didn't get any, like we didn't get extra assistance. Um, And it was the, you know, the area which encompassed, I think, the other half of maybe Lismore and, um, you know, sort of, I guess, maybe a bit more inland, they did receive three times the amount and that they're in the national seat. So um political agendas yeah. are play there they also and, didn't want
0: the media to film him
1: and and he didn't want the media there and and again like he he, he wasn't he wasn't kindly welcomed into lismore <laughs> um you know because they didn't receive the assistance either you know until 8 or 9 days later they also didn't have any telecommunications going on you know they Lismore and literally every town had their own community centre set up and were supporting their own community and, and volunteers coming from all over the place. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was the, the whole thing was just community driven and, and yeah, it took eight or nine days for any government um assistance to come in and there i actually also read um in, in a news article that you know someone from the military you know fairly high up in the military obviously um saying oh it's too dangerous for them to come to to main arm and wilson's creek to to rescue people and we're like oh, oh oh so it's okay for all the civilians who have never done this before or have never yeah. been trained for any of this for them to go do that because that's exactly what was going on yeah
0: and you and everywhere. you're probably seen the same faces day in day out there. They thrive on it. They're the champions of the town.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I I've, I've also you know spoken to and 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 heard, seen some you know, m- you know, on the ground military guys. You know, like low lower ranking guys, like saying like we were desperate to get in there, like we wanted to help. I've even heard through a friend of mine that one of his mates, who's in the military, his family is in this area, and he took his leave. He took leave to come here and help because the military weren't take weren't it wasn't happening fast enough mm. so he he also had helped head up you know a, a, a recovery center um i've got a veteran friend of mine in lennox who was working out of, of a community center and just putting his his organizational skills and you know um recovery skills to use you know um and I was—I'm uh, just so immensely proud and grateful for those who did who did turn up and who did and, and who showed up. But there's there's definitely um, you know some anger and frustration and disappointment in um, in it in it taking so long in the in in the red tape yeah and you know, the bureaucracy for yep. it to, to take so long, and and again yeah even for volunteer outlets like like the SES you know when they were. Asking for people to show their vaccination status before yeah. they could even help out, but anyone coming to pick up sandbags or getting help, they didn't have to show anything. <laughs> so, so picking up sandbags, you were fine, but packing sandbags, you had to be vaccinated. Unbelievable!
0: It's and you're like, logic. what? Yeah, no logic. Yeah,
1: it really is like we are, we are, we're in a town that's completely devastated. We don't have time for this bullshit, you know, and yeah so it really this whole thing you know maybe
0: maybe what we're learning is that the government isn't here to help and they're not coming to help and we need to do it ourselves
1: absolutely absolutely and and you know there was also you know i had a couple of conversations a couple of jokes with some people about how like you know that we weren't this is like day two or day three like this is early on and we were saying Oh, I guess we won't be getting any help from the government because um, we're the lowest vaccinated area in the entire uh, entirety of Australia. Mm, <laughs> They're not interested in us. Interesting, mm. you know. Yeah, so you know there were a few of those co- sort of conspiracies going around, but um, and well, you know, I, I don't like to think that's the that's the true reason, but sometimes you are kind of like, well, is it? You know, because, but you know, we're, Prove we're me wrong. That, Yeah, absolutely, but we're an area that already um we were already skeptical we're already skeptical of the government you mm. know during we we were in a hard lockdown here in malan we had for one case this is uh, i don't know maybe 8 to 12 months ago um and for one case in our in our area hadn't even come to malan bimbi but we were in a hard lockdown and we had police turn up walking up and down the streets giving people $3000 fines clothing businesses, um, saying, just walking in and being like, why are you open? You you don't have to be open. Close up immediately, mm. you know. Um, we had them harassing coffee shop owners, um, you know, and just really bullying our town. And yet when it comes time to actually getting assistance in a catastrophic disaster, they're nowhere to be found. Mm. And you're like, what the Speaks hell is volume, going on? doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, and the people we probably were, didn't
0: want them there anyway. To be, to be honest.
1: Oh, tot- no way! We didn't. No, no. We, I think we we did better off. Like you know, it was exhausting. And I certainly have spoken to many volunteers and um, who who were working out of the centre, out of the community centre, and they were absolutely exhausted. You know, and it, I mean, gosh, just with the amount of cleaning up that we did just around, you know. We, we Once we cleaned up our office, we went on to, you know, friends' businesses and friends' houses and, mm. you know, onto my place and, you know, organising to move my car. My car was literally parked outside the community centre, so I had to get that moved and just is that, amazing. Is that a write-off? Oh, it will be a write-off. Yeah. It's, um you know. Uh, my insurance company, thankfully, he was insured. Um, my insurance company's like, okay, we're, we're organising a tow truck. Um, it'll be picked up in a day or so, and that okay. was over a week ago now. Mm. And I went and checked because you know that my car's now at my place because some angel came by, you know, well, set, set, walked by when I was checking my car out one day. It was parked on the street, literally right outside the community centre, It was totally in the way. And he goes, I've got a friend who's got a who's got a flatbed tow truck I can get this moved and I was like oh my god that would be amazing so he moved it to my place mm. um, and it doesn't work at all so it's like totally just stuck there in the middle of the forest um, not being looked at so and, it, and it's been raining pretty much every day since as well we might get the sun come out a little bit but then it ends up raining so the entire of the inside is just like it's mud and mould now mm. at this point and just smells like a sewer and it's just totally foul so if it weren't a write-off already because of you know the 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 motor starting or the electrics or whatever it most certainly it's a health hazard at this point I don't think (laughs) I don't think it will be recovered um so and and you know many cars are like that you know oh my gosh the number of cars that were destroyed here you know Mm. as I go as I drive to get to where my little tiny house is or was. I've since moved out of it. Um, you know, there's a BMW and a Forester in the paddock. Like I don't even know where they came from, but they just washed. They they washed into the paddock and they're just like all smashed up there. Um, and. it just really when even when you see that and like i said even when i went to my friend's place and i saw king and queen size beds like being pushed into walls and make huge holes in the walls i was like that it just gives you an idea as the force of the water coming through places like it, it was insane absolutely insane um i've seen you know videos from friends of ours who like um who Saw the bridge getting washed away that that I spoke about earlier, and the the river that was coming through their house, like the noise of it, the sound was just something that, oh my gosh, I I, I honestly cannot believe it. You, you know that that it, that it was coming so fast. It was it was a a, a river just yeah going through people's houses and um yeah. It, uh, yeah, still still trying to come up with the words of the
0: – Isn't it funny how we've been told to stay away from each other for the last two years and yet you've got, yeah. you got angels walking around
1: up there? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our town is really – I mean, we, we're a pretty close town anyway, I actually think. Like, you know, I'd go into my – like the local IGA or literally any food store or you know, we'll shop in town, you know, I would say ninety-five percent of the shops in town are independent, independent, family-owned businesses. Mm. You, they know you by name. You know them by name. You know, you know at least something about their lives, where you can stop and have a conversation. Even when you're just going grocery shopping at to the local IGA, you're running into somebody that you know. We already had that kind of a town, um, and it's just it's amplified. It's mm. like we are it's just so yeah mm. and and like i said like we were already skeptical of the government of of authorities and things like that given our experience through covid so um i i actually think that there's probably a lot of people who are like good riddance mm. we need you you know and it's and it's really proven to us that we can take care of ourselves. Like yeah, we can take care of ourselves. And the other thing that was that I found really interesting was that we had we had no telecommunications for nine days. I think it was, um, and which meant that all the FPOS machines went down. Mm. You know, so we were a cash only society for nine days. Uh, if you didn't have cash, you, you couldn't get anything.
0: Another thing we take for granted
1: absolutely isn't it you know and and again like you know there were people giving cash out to people on the street who didn't have who didn't have Amazing. money there were, you know people who were paying for pe- people's petrol or for their groceries and and things like that it was just the most incredible thing that I've ever seen and you know yeah I it still blows my mind but again it was just this another it was another um indication to me there was like well uh, how can we can't go to a cashless society cashless digital only society you know what happens when when these things happen yeah you what know? happens
0: when the internet glitches and goes offline
1: absolutely right you know and so yeah I, I i loved this cash only society that we had for nine days it was it actually really worked very well for me i really loved it um i bet you there was
0: also people doing things from a trade point of view, or barter, or just for nothing.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. I saw a lot of um, just people being very gracious with letting people off certain things and whatever else. It was, and and heard some really beautiful stories of people just helping out other people. I had a client of mine um, who I never I hadn't actually met yet we'd booked in for I think that week to meet for the first time and I obviously had to put that off but she sent me a text message being like I have cash if you need any like just let me know and I will come and bring it to you I was like no no we're good (laughs) there's someone else too I'm sure you can help with that you know um it's amazing
0: coming out the other end of two years of you know just depression and misery yeah and we've encountered this humanity
1: Oh, honestly, it's it's one of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful and also catastrophic things I've ever seen. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's it's comp- it's both of them. And you know, isn't that a beautiful lesson that it's like yeah. you know you've got the 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 beauty and the chaos. You mm. know, and and um. But it gives and, you and the, it was, gives and, you a faith
0: in this humanity that it's yeah it's predominantly good.
1: Yeah absolutely yeah Mm. honestly yeah it was it's it's just the most incredible thing I've ever seen and and been a part of and I'm and whilst I am definitely dealing with the trauma now um you know thankfully my partner and I have managed to land on our feet in a in a pretty good way like i said we we had this airbnb (laughs) incredibly and um and the owners of that have been like you got like you've got it for six months you know so we're we're incredibly incredibly grateful that you know having just had it for a month and only just having met them there's like you guys have nowhere else to go you've you've got this place for six months and we can also work out of this area this this airbnb as well so we're very very grateful that we've you know, being able to land on our feet pretty well, and even even this week we've started seeing clients again. So, um, I, I'm a trauma therapist. My partner does very similar work. So it's it's funny, you know, that the trauma therapist is also dealing with trauma and mm. um, and and is trying to, you know, I I think we actually both have a very good grasp as to what is going on and what our bodies are doing, and um, and we're really listening to ourselves. And we we did get to a point maybe about seven days after the – seven or eight days after the flood, we would just go, 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 like 12 hours a day, covered in mud, cleaning up, helping out, doing whatever we could. And then we just got to a point – like we just – we got home one night and we just crashed. And I just had this big meltdown and it was just so emotional. And I was like, I just – I, I just need a day. I just need a day off. Oh, I can't. I can't keep doing it. And I was like, and plus, I know that I'm better. I'm better off serving my community in the way that I best know how to. And that is holding space for people as they, as they deal with their trauma and their anxiety and their depression and and things like that. So, you know, we were like, right. Well, let's focus on getting. Our place organized so that we can start seeing people, mm. and literally, you know, this week on Monday, I started seeing clients again. We both started seeing clients, um, you know, out, out of the office here, and and you, you know have been able to hold space for people's tears and um, for them to share their stories with us, and um, so that's how I feel like we're better able to serve the community. There's there's so many people still in town who are still turning up every day to volunteer and do their things, but we're like, we need to serve our, you know, our community in a way that we know best and that is to hold space for them. So we need to take care of ourselves. Mm. And um yeah, so we're really
0: Well I'm sure these stories are gonna be the stories that'll be told for a long time, good and bad.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, I, I actually, one of my clients who came to me on Thursday. Yeah. Um, he's, he joined the military when he was in his twenties. From the military, he went straight to the. Um, he became a firefighter. He's now a fire captain, and he's from the Gold Coast, and um, and he came here the other day, and he said that. He, he'd arrived a couple of days before that, and he said as he was driving through town, he's never seen anything as catastrophic as what he saw driving through Mellon. And I was like, wow, that's saying something when, mm. you know, you've got a guy who's been in the military as well as being, you know, been a firefighter for 20-odd years. And the things that he would have seen and done, you know, I was like, whoa, that's that's really saying something about the devastation that that we experience, and and just the heartbreak of seeing the the mud and the rubbish and people's entire you know house contents and all of their belongings just out on the street and houses completely unlivable. There's thirty thousand people just in our region alone that have been displaced mm. already in an, in an area that we had we we already had a housing crisis even before this. So where are life.
0: all these people then?
1: Well, from what I'm hearing... No, where,
0: where are they staying now?
1: Yeah, so I've got a friend who is in Alstonville, about 40 minutes away, near Ballina. She's got two families living in her house at the okay. moment. Yep. Um, and I think that's kind of what is happening is yep. that families are just shacking up together. Um, you know, whatever houses didn't go under, um, you know, the, the owners are just letting people you know, go and stay and, you know, uh, uh, giving them, you know, rental to, you know, for six months and whatever else. So we've got quite a few friends who, you know, ha- have just like, you know, you, it, you've you got to know people in town. and that's uh, Again, that's one of the best things is that we live in such a small town that you kind of know somebody through somebody else and things like that. So you've got connections. And, and I really am hearing that a lot of people are sort of, landing on their feet just through um, you know people being really open to to really looking after the community and and just taking people in and um, so yeah again like there hasn't been it like I mean I don't even know what the government could even really necessarily do in terms of housing people in in a crisis like this. But again, it's just been the community that's shown up. Yeah. Um. I do know that there are still community centres where people are you know still just on a mattress on the floor with their families with their dogs. I know that that's still happening. Um. You know. But yeah. And and I and I just don't know how how we get people back in but I certainly know one thing for sure is the government could definitely be giving our region you know a little bit more financial assistance for those people who are in in those situations Mm. um you know and to help get them back on their feet so yeah I don't know but it's a really difficult it's a it was just such a difficult scenario to be in and I and, and and no one could ever have predicted this no, well, that, I, I,
0: there's been be um, things like this before, you know, Cyclone Tracy and the fires a couple of years ago, And but unless you've been in it, there's no way you can get it.
1: No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But and it just, yeah.
0: If if any of your community happen to listen to this, is there anything you want to say to them?
1: Oh. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, just thank you and well done. We're amazing. And, uh, yeah, I really look forward to continuing to build a community and I've just been so amazed by our resilience and, um, and graciousness and, um, Oh, yeah i'm just i'm just so i'm just so full of gratitude for for every single person who 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 helped out who came who came you know from the gold coast and um from different areas and and even from brisbane i know you know who'd also experienced some flooding there, you know, they just turned up and I'm just so grateful for them. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for our community. Our community is amazing. I'm so proud to live in Mullumbimby. And while I'm still a relatively new person to to town, only having been here for a little over two years, um, I'm really grateful to um, have shared this experience with them and, um, even more grateful that I that I um, get to help them as they as they heal and process all of this as well. Mm. And that's that's really um, how I feel that I'm best able to do that in this town is to just be able to hold space for them as they do that. And um, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to do that and i'm so here i'm so here for anybody who needs it and yeah i just i don't, I don't know i don't know what else to say I, i'm still i'm still trying to come up with the words for for it all
0: i think what um, what you said was beautiful
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah there's 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 so much love here there's so much love in my heart for this town and and i really we, we are going to come back that's for sure i've I've heard people in the first few days being like, "How are we gonna get through this? How are we gonna come back?" And you know i I know that we will. I know already i I was actually in town, you know just before we got on the call, and I turned to Pete and I was like, "Oh my God, look at our town, look at how." how we have bounced back like yes there's still stuff out on the streets and there's mud in the gutters and like you know it's still a muddy mess but it's also continued to rain oh my gosh we've had enough with the rain um mm. but everyone's you know back out in town we're supporting our local businesses and and and, and I think that that's that's the most important thing is if we can continue to support our local businesses we will still have our town and we will and we will come back um, but we can't let people um, you know become isolated or become you know I, I mean I know many businesses one in particular that's coming to my mind is um, uh, a local Uh, cafe restaurant Uh, they do a lot of take amazing takeaway food and um, and you know throughout this whole COVID thing they've been they were shut down multiple times because of that bullshit tracking stuff and you know all of a sudden I'd get this message from the government saying you have to close down for two weeks and they just had that consistently like they shut down two or three times over the over the course of you know the two years or whatever but then also you know came into that they could you could only let vaccinated people in they were like we are we're here for the town like you know we're not going to close down just because you know only for like they wouldn't even survived if they only allowed vaccinated people to come in so so they were just like no we're not we're not opening you know because we are not here to discriminate against anybody in our town and then this happens and and their shop was was flooded and I sent them a message the other day and I just said like I'm you know, I haven't seen you guys open, and um, I'm just sending you love. If there's anything you need, please just reach out. You know, and um, I got this message back saying like, we just don't know if we can keep doing this anymore. Like, we've had so, so many closures, and you know, so many, so many hard times. They just don't think they can come back. And I really think it's like it's supporting our businesses and making sure they do come back and um, and not letting people go into isolation, that's what's really important because yeah. we've already been dealing with a major mental health crisis, like honestly like major major Pete and I have wait lists of people to come see us, both of us, and um and we literally can't keep up with the demand most of the time.
0: The damage will take years
1: it, and it will yeah, and so then and then you've got this, and this is you know um you know. This is a real crisis. Like now we're in a real crisis, and people were already already run down, already had nothing nothing left in the tank, and you know, so it really does feel like a massive kick in the face. And so, yeah, I think sticking together and and supporting each other, which we've already done, and we've already shown that we can, and and I think that's really important. That's how our town comes back: is by continuing to support our local businesses and. Um, just loving each other. Mm. We're already doing a pretty great job at that, I think. So I, so I think good. we'll be back. yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully, the houses. You know, honestly, there's hundreds right in the in the, like in the town. I would say at least eighty percent of the houses, possibly more, are unlivable. And because the the whilst you know. We didn't get flooding as badly, obviously, as what Lismore did, but no one expected to have flooding in, in the centre of town, you know, like like we did here. Um, and now we're dealing now, – now these houses are all dealing with mould, you know, so they're not really healthy places to live in. So, um, you know, and people have already been pulling out walls and things like that and ripping up carpet. Like, that was actually – we had to go back to our office a few days later because the stench was getting so bad that we were just like, oh, my God, we're going to have to rip up all these, like, all the floorboards here. And under the floorboards, like, the floorboards had all turned to mould. Underneath it was an inch of mud. And so, again, like, back to cleaning that day. Like, we thought we'd done all the cleaning, but, no, nope, we were back at it, just covered in mould and mud again. And, you know, and that's what the houses are dealing with too. And, yeah so that they're not they're not livable um so you know i would really love to i don't know just see some some assistance come to these come to these families that that do have their houses and 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 have them um inhabitable again you know getting rid of the mold and getting you know the the walls back in like you know getting the renovations done so they can get back in and honestly i'm like i don't even know where we're going to even get the the building materials from or even the number of tradies that we need in to to come and do this um because yeah there was flooding all the way from brisbane to the gold coast and then yeah we're
0: talking about a lot of people
1: a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people and like i also said you know the number of cars that were complete write-offs. I keep saying to Pete, I'm like, man, the longer that in- the insurance company is you know, taking to, you know, take a look at my car, like there's not going to be any cars left to buy. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I'm not even sure how half of us even get, you know, get to buy a new car. There's just not going to be any left. The ones that were for sale we probably went under and everyone's after one. We, when, we don't live in an area where... Where there's public transport, you know, like or at least reliable public transport, you you have to have a car in this area, um, you know, because it's it's rural in areas, you know, even where we're at now in Kurabel, um, you you can't walk to a town, and there's certainly no buses. Um, I've never heard of Uber being in our area before. I've never seen a car with Uber written on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we. Uh, Yeah.
0: We've all heard of the um, preppers and we've thought they are a bit crazy. (laughs) But is there things that you think of now in hindsight that you could do to be prepared for any kind of disaster?
1: Absolutely. I I really do. And actually, I do have some friends who are, um, I guess, borderline preppers. Um, And and even they actually um, struggle through it. So, you know, they've... um, the power went out you know and so all of a sudden their freezers weren't working and they had you know a a chest freezer with half a cow in it um you know because they've been you know they're sort of seeing what's going on in the world and they're like okay we've got two young kids we want to make sure that you know we can feed them and that at least they're getting their protein and they're getting all the right nutrients and things so they've started prepping for those sorts of things and then all of a sudden you know they're like oh Okay, the electricity is gone, and it's now day five and day six. Okay, um, you know, sort of, it's it's the diesel, it's it's diesel for generators. It's you know, um, yeah, it's all these all these different things that you know they hadn't actually quite got to the point of getting. Um, that yeah, it's kind of like oh, prepping is a big deal. <laughs> mm. There's a, there's a lot to. It's not to, just
0: you know. tin cans of beans.
1: Oh no. No, not at all, not at all. And, um, I mean, that was, that was the other thing that we, you know, the first few days, y- you couldn't even, you couldn't buy a single bottle of water. It had all gone. Um, you, like, most of the tins in, in on, on the shelves had, had gone. People were just, like, buying up you know, sh- immediately. You couldn't buy fresh fruit or vegetables. The meat had all gone off the shelves. Like, this is the days afterwards. Um, and and I'm sure that a lot of that was actually going to the people who were prepping the food for all the volunteers. <laughs> so there was definitely food going around. But, yeah, like, because w- trucks couldn't come through. Like, the M1 coming from um, the Gold Coast, uh, well, I think it was around Pottsville, the M1, the road had, had gone. You know so you couldn't even get um supplies from you know major cities like Brisbane to come through. Balona had completely gone under, so we couldn't get trucks from coming from from Sydney coming up. you know like we were definitely people were starting to freak out you and know, obviously like, oh like, solar's not going to work <laughs> well yeah we had we had no sun over that mm. time, so what about communications? Yeah, but, what could
0: you do about that?
1: Oh first of all not be with telstra, <laughs> <laughs> telstra <is terrible. laughs> um I, I, I definitely know people who ended up you know and I, I know this is not the solution but i know people who are with telstra because um, i mean everyone kind of thought that telstra was the better one to go with in this area given that we are sort of in a rurally kind of area um people were buying vodafone optus Sim cards because they were they were the network that were actually working. Telstra was Telstra was down and had been we're down for nine days. So, um, so yeah. In terms of you know if all communications go down, honestly, <laughs> I really I, I don't, I'm I really don't know how how we fix or you know how we how we get a, you know get through that one other than just um going and checking on on your your loved ones and even then you know I look at the price of fuel right now and I'm like there are many families in this town that having been hit so hard hard now and you're now paying two dollars a litre for, for diesel and fuel you're like oh my god like this is going to have a huge huge impact on families here um so even you know, even going around to check on your friends is, like, you're, like, not saving fuel, not doing that. So, yeah, we were hit from many different angles. And whilst, again, like, you know, the the volunteers and the rescuers managed to, you know, do, like, the most incredible things that, you know, you could ever possibly imagine to, like – to to organize things and, and and get the support where it was needed. Um I'm I'm still completely in awe of it. You know, people still manage to work around the lack of communications and and things like that. But
0: uh, Well we we used to we used to be able
1: to
0: get around it really well in the sixties and the seventies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> how was that? You, A landline? I don't know.
0: No, you just um, show up when you said when you say you would show up.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. You'd meet.
0: You'd say I'll meet you at such and such a time in at this place, and you'd be there.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. that was it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you uh, certainly like in some of these areas, like you've actually got to get to these areas first to even have those conversations to say, "Hey, I'll meet you in town at this mm, time." Like, yeah. I,
0: yeah. Obviously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's it's a really difficult one, but we've certainly had a lot of lessons. I think. I think if you know, the world starts to crumble, the area that's going to survive the best is going to be this fire and shire. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we've had preparation, we can do it again. Yeah. Um, well, I, and- was, I was more getting
0: at the um, things that we are so reliant on mm. that at the flick of a switch, we now don't have them and we don't have a plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary. And, and you know, I, that actually has been um, – I have seen a lot of people talking about how, well, we need to have a plan. We need to have an emergency plan if this does happen again. You know, satellite phones and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I oh mean, there were locals who were organising through Elon Musk getting the Starlink. Yeah, what's with
0: that? I heard about it. It's amazing.
1: Oh, my God. I cannot – I, I don't
0: know I, how it works though.
1: Oh, uh, I don't. I don't either. But it certainly helped. It certainly helped. Oh my gosh, it's pouring rain again. Oh my gosh, i have had enough. Um, <laughs> we, we've certainly had. Um, we we need. We needed that that assistance um, to to just rescue people. Um, you know, there were there were mothers and children stuck on their roofs for five days before they were rescued. You know, mm. so um, we desperately needed those communications and and again like so grateful for the fact that Elon Musk was the one who came through even before our own government did like again that's I think that's that's really saying something and um, for anyone who's in a big city you know I, I guess my message is is that like you know can you really rely on on the government to come and save you if if disaster happens mm. um, I'm not I, I'm not convinced Um and so I would definitely say to those who are in big cities, um, or even in, in, in small communities, like you've you've got to meet like like you've got to meet your community. You've you've got to make plans with them. You've you've um, yeah, because the the only ones who are going to get you through is actually having that community. And I, I actually started I I did start seeing that through covid like you know when everyone was isolating i was on the opposite side this is from the very beginning i was on the opposite going "No, nope, we need to we need to come together we need to support each other we're like we we're not isolating and and even through all the lockdowns and everything my partner and i every single week like we we lived out again in in pretty um very very quiet areas with very few neighbours around and things like that. But every week we had friends coming around for dinner uh, multiple times a week. Um, Even though the government was saying, like, you shouldn't be seeing anybody and you you shouldn't have more than two people in your house at a time. And we were just like, no, stuff that. Our community mm. is important and, and our mental health is important. So um, totally. I, I really think it's very important, particularly for people who are in big cities, like meet your neighbor, you know, build community, come together, because that's the only thing that's going to get you through, I guess, the next things that that is coming to us not that I know what they are of course I wish I did but I think there are some big things coming and I, the only thing that's going to get you through is, is having community and we've certainly learned that here in the Byron area and, and certainly in Bimbi and um we were the only ones who we could rely on
0: mm.
1: yeah oh my gosh I just have so much love for this town it's ridiculous <laughs> it's such, a so it. such a good story
0: such a good story
1: Yeah. And I, and again, another thing I really want to push because there was a lot of negative stuff around the military and how long it took them to come. You know, I know the vast majority of us, like, you know, in hindsight, you know, and it's still, it's still fairly new, but you know, in in the first week or week and a half, you know, people were angry and they were angry at the guys who ended up, guys and girls who, who came in eventually. Um, but I really think that, in hindsight they can now say it. it's not them. They're not the ones that they're angry at. You know, it is it is the government, it's the policymakers, it's the bureaucrats, it's the hierarchy, those, you know, um, people who make the decisions and, and give the green light to to, you know, the the boots on the ground to, to come in. And I really do think that there is a lot of gratitude for the military who did who did turn up. Um and and I and and I think that yeah, I, at first the anger was just dis- was misplaced, um, and and I certainly you know I feel you know I years ago with my former partner I was I was the founder and a director of an ex service organization so I have major love for veterans and military um, and. And even I was angry at first, like the first couple of days of all of this. I was like, Where are they? Why aren't they showing up? You know, we need engineers here, stat, like immediately getting roads built, bridges built, you know, you know, rescuing people from from their houses that have been in mudslides and um but you know, I can really now see like that's that's not at all who I'm angry at. I'm I'm really angry at their, at their higher ups, and I'm sure that they actually have frustration with that too. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I do I do have a heartfelt you know apology to them, and also a heartfelt gratitude for them for showing up too. You know, and I'm also very very sorry for those who um, were. Used for photo opportunities mm, um, for the mm. government. I feel, I feel so. Um, I'm angry for them that they were used as pawns yeah, in that. Me too. And and um, and having worked with so many veterans, um, some uh, over, over many years, when I was with an ex, you know, with an ex service organisation, and and had a partner who was a veteran. You know, I, I've heard many stories from from men and women. Some who went to war, some who didn't. They all had trauma of some sort. And when I saw what the government was doing with with those guys um, and using them as photo opportunities, I was like, "Oh boy, those those men are going to have moral injury. That's what they're going to be dealing with. And they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be angry um, because they're." they're being used as pawns and that's not okay for me you know that that they're, they're they're being used in that way and I just have so much empathy and compassion for them and again like you know if any of them ever ever hear this I am so there for them and if they ever need you know you know to talk to someone or assistance or anything like i am so so there to support them i i'm really angry at our government for doing and for our politicians for doing that to them it's mm. it was it's just not on it's nice. not on mm. yeah but so much love you know to those men and women who came so much love and and gratitude so yeah
0: um yeah i've never been to Malumbimbi. And I'm looking forward to it. One day I'll get there.
1: I can't wait. <laughs> um,
0: but I think that, yeah, thank you for sharing that story. It's pretty important uh, for people to get a bit of more of an understanding of what it was actually like.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. We, um, uh, we're going to have some, we're going to be dealing with some trauma for a while, for a long while, I think. Yeah. But we're going to get through it. Yeah. I know we are, and I can't wait to have you here in Mullum and to show you around. It, you know, there's one one main street in Mullum. It's, it's not great. It's not much to see, but the town and the energy and the people who are here are really what make this town what it is. And, um, and it's so funny because, you know, we've got Byron, which obviously is world famous, and 15 minutes away, and it's a completely different vibe. I mean, I still, I love Byron, but Mullum is my town. Mullum is like just so laid back and relaxed and filled and, and definitely has a different, different energy to it. Um, but, yeah, I, right now I don't think we're necessarily set up to have tourists come, but in the future I really hope that we, we do sort of get more tourists coming through and, um, you know, to help build our town back. And, and and get it back on track again um but right now there's not really too many places for a lot of tourists to be staying um but yeah if if you can you know i know there's a lot of gofundmes and things like that around so if there's any way that you can help and assist and donate to those courses then i'm so grateful a town would be so grateful and um and as for you, Anne, I can't wait to have you here and, yeah, to show you around. It's so amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Hopefully sometime in May maybe, April
1: yeah. May. Can't wait. Mm. Can't wait. We are so ready and, um, and it's so funny because I know that we've had this conversation many times. I've been on the podcast, you know, twice now I think it is and, um, and. We've known one another for years, but we're still never met in person. Which <laughs> I just—that's <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to give you a big squeezy squeezy hug finally after all these years, and um, yeah, and welcome you here. Yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> and thank you for giving me this opportunity just to talk. Like this is actually part of my my therapy. Of is course. Is actually just being able to share what has happened and um to talk about it and so i really am so grateful for this opportunity um to 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 share with you what we've been through and what i've been through personally and and i mean what i've been through in the last two weeks is nothing in comparison to others but also given that i am a trauma therapist i also know that trauma is not something that you compare to anybody our trauma is our trauma and um and, yeah, so thank you for this opportunity. I'm so grateful. This is um, even the conversation we had a couple of days ago when when I first called you just to, to talk, I felt so much better after that. And so I know that, you know, even in this conversation where we've fleshed things out a little bit more and, um, yeah, this is, this is part of my therapy. So thank you. My pleasure. Mm.
0: And uh, right. I'll see you soon.
1: Will do. Can't wait. Okay. Thanks, Sam. See ya. Bye.